0: Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: It is Monday, which means it is Mental Health Monday.
1: I like that this is back.
0: Me too. (laughs) It's much better. And and (laughs) I also realized it's Awareness Awareness Month.
1: It is. It's October. It's October, so it's Awareness 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 Month, Month,
0: Mm -hmm. um, which means uh, any kind of Awareness um, Month thing is usually going on right now in October. So (laughs) happy Awareness Awareness Month. Yes. Thanks excited. to Concordia University, <laughs> Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
1: Live Uncommon.
0: Joining us today, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi.
1: Good morning. Oh, good.
2: It is good to be back, isn't it? Like I felt like I might forget this week in particular because I'm on a different time zone, and so I oh, set him yeah. alarms. And, you know... It, it is messing with me a little bit. Um, but it felt so good to be back that I kept like checking my time and being like, oh, is it time yet? Is it time yet?
0: <laughs> See, it's like a part of you was missing, right? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. At
0: all. <laughs> well, we're so glad to be back for Mental Health Monday. So last week we, we dug into the topic of. The the variety of what various mental health professionals. Yes, and we we just kind of really scratched the surface on that (laughs) barely. Um,
2: Welcome to Mental Health Monday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we'll dig into that a little more today. Uh, You you touched a little bit on psychologists last week Mm because we talked about Mm -hmm. like a variety of of professionals, Mm -hmm. therapists. We kind of clarified what therapists Mm -hmm. what therapist means, and that could include a variety of different. Um, mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. professional or credentials within right. that category as yeah. well. So today, psychologists, what role do psychologists play in providing care for our mental health?
2: You know, psychologists do provide therapy is one thing they provide. And so we would put them in that category with everyone else who has multiple different credentials, but sits across from you and helps you process the things of life and helps you understand maybe diagnoses that you might have a little bit better, um, it teaches skills. Uh, but psychologists, they are a very interesting piece of the puzzle because number one, they always have some kind of doctor um education. And so there's either a a like clinical doctorate of psychology that people have. It's, you know, it's not an MD or a medical doctor, but it's its own uh, very clinical degree profession. They have just like thousands of hours of uh, clinical practice underneath supervisors and things like that. And so do social workers and marriage and family therapists and licensed clinical counselors. Uh, but, you know, just like any uh, degree path, it. When you have another higher degree, you have more hours within that profession that you've also then done. Um, They can also have a PhD. In psychology, uh, which means they have an area of study. Anytime we see someone with like a PhD with their name, uh, whether a clinical worker or someone in academia or something else, they have um, an area of study that they're, uh, you know, diving deep into, if you will. And so psychologists can have uh, one of those higher levels of degree and then they do usually quite a bit of assessment or research then within that. And that's a broad generalization. I feel like there's probably going to be some emails or something. Heidi, <laughs> you oversimplified it. Um, and, and it is true. And I would, again, refer you to that list that we created um, that's on the uh, leader blog or the the newsletter part of the Missouri Senate website that you can reference. And in the comments, in particular, remember, is the psychologist, because I unfortunately inadvertently skipped them and 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 someone gave us some really good information, so that's a good place to go for that. Um, You can also Google different kinds of psychologists because there's a lot of different kinds of psychologists. and we can talk a little bit about where we might encounter some of those, I think, in our lives, and that might be really helpful for us. But do you guys have any questions of clarity in what we've said so far about psychologists and other mental health professionals?
1: So are are they on the same, I don't know, educational level as as other types of mental health professionals that we've already talked about? Because I think we touched on like psychiatrists mm-hmm. last time too. Are they kind of on the same yeah. playing field? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we would consider them um very similar. All all of these roles are very similar. They just have a different kind of area of interest or expertise, if you will. Like I said, an, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor, and so they have their doctorate, you know, in medical studies and practice, and then they passed a board uh, test. All of the clinical degrees pass tests so that they are universally uh, qualified, if you will, at what they do. Um, and then uh, the. Psychologists, they also then have a doctorate of some kind. And I would say that's kind of what sets them apart um, from like a social worker who, like, I just applied for my doctorate uh, last year, or some other social workers might get their doctorate, but not really that often. Most of the time, Um, that's a master's level degree. And I have a caution here because in the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate in particular, but in a lot of um, places and spaces in our culture. We love education. Like we think it's the best thing ever. Um, so we don't want to judge our mental health professional on just their education level um it is a good thing to have a master's degree when you're doing therapy in fact that's the law like you will not be able to practice therapy without a master's degree that's simply because it's a high level of skill set there's diagnostics involved you want to know that your person (laughs) that you're seeing um went and got uh, the education that was needed for that however uh education isn't the only thing that makes a good therapist or a good doctor, right? Or a good uh, psychologist. And so, consider what you need from that person, um, and then kind of consider, like we said, like, do I need medication, or do I uh, need to deal with some of my childhood stuff? Do I need maybe an evaluation for, like, a learning disability? Uh, Ask the question of what exactly you need, and then kind of fit the professional that you're seeking to that, or let's be honest, just start somewhere, and then you will get to what you need. I think, you know, these professionals that we're talking about, they all have relationships with one another. And when you start with one, they can often help you find the one that you're looking for.
0: And many of them, well, any of them that are practicing therapy are going to have some sort of practicum in which they, um, Mm -hmm. or or some sort of uh, practical experience, Mm -hmm. right, in which they would... Um, I guess, kind of like intern. I don't know if that's the right word. No, that's
2: true. Yeah, we call them clinical experience, right? So um, there's field work, uh, just like our Lutheran teachers do some field work before they go to student teaching. Uh, We also, as uh, mental health professionals, do field work, uh, which is kind of some light practice, some shadowing of someone, uh, some practice uh, directly alongside another individual where they are doing more of it. And then we come in behind them Um, so, and then you'll get to your, uh, it's not called an internship. It's again called like clinicals, uh, which is this broad range. It's all about the number of hours that you do. So even in transferring my license uh, from Nebraska to Michigan, I have to prove that I had 4,000 hours underneath a supervisor. And none of that includes my field work practice from when I was in school, that's all post um, degree. And so there's, yeah, there's a lot of hours involved in that practice. And it is a good thing. You want to know that when you see a mental health professional, just like when you see a medical doctor of a different variety or even a nurse, you know, when they are they are standing at the hospital bed that you're laying in, you want to know that they have had supervision, that they have had education and been guided through how to do the practical care for people as well.
0: You brought up a good point that just in moving from Nebraska to Michigan um, in order to carry your licensure to the new state where you live, had to make sure that you had the documentation to carry that, mm-hmm. pointing out that it's the state really who regulates um, mm-hmm. licensure or, or, or for these professionals, for mental health professionals, right?
2: That is true, and that's really the design, at least in our country, in the United States of America, where the three of us are sitting currently. <laughs> um, different countries have different design. Now, some uh, of this lingo that we're using or titling is universal. Um, that said, it is a little different from state to state, and so um, you want to ask questions in the state that you're in. So, if you're seeking a mental health professional, for instance, I get a lot of emails on my website. Uh, to ask if I can practice therapy with someone. And I have a little note above it that says I can practice therapy within the state of Nebraska with people who are in the state of Nebraska. COVID made everything a little bit confusing and different because it actually with the emergency orders opened up a little bit of practice between states. But at this point in COVID, a lot of that has been shut down again. And so just know that you need to have someone within your state, even when you use like a app like Talkspace which is not an advertisement for any of those um or WebMD, or no that's not a thing uh <laughs> md live or different uh resources like that it will connect you to someone in your state because or someone i should say who is licensed in your state um like I'm sitting currently in Michigan, but I can practice with someone in Nebraska because that is where my license is held. So that's maybe a little too much information, but it it does help to know that it is narrowed down for you automatically. Um, and that can be hard in rural areas, but with telehealth, praise the Lord, it has really opened up our ability to get some access to good quality care in a lot of ways.
0: I don't think that's too much information at all. I think that's very helpful information in that, in helping us understand the the very, the very point that you're making. Someone might ask, Oh, well, can I see a therapist in New York? Because I found someone that really specializes in something that's helpful to me. Um, but if they're not licensed to practice in the state where you live, Mm -hmm. if you don't live in New York, um, then, then it it's not going to work. You, right? mm-hmm. you, yeah, you yeah. yeah, and so it's disappointing. Really uh-huh. Yeah,
2: it's so disappointing when you get online. I mean, we live in the world of the internet, so I can Google experts in autism spectrum and find the very thing that I'm looking for, and I have so much hope, and then it's shut down. You know, and so I do think you're right. It's helpful to know some of these uh, rules. The rules are made for your safety. They are not made to hinder you, um, which it can often feel like. I think at times, especially when you're going. Through a crisis. Now you can go to any state and visit a mental health professional if they'll, you know, take you if they're accepting new clients and things like that. That's why, for instance, we have in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate, different RSOs. And so Shepherds Canyon is one of those resources that we have in Arizona for our church workers to be able to have some crisis care. That is in Arizona. The people are licensed in Arizona and you travel there to see them for some intensives and then you go home and they help you. Well, hopefully they help you find, I don't know if that's true or not, but The local uh, resources that you do have, a local therapist, a local psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever. And so you can do that. You can go visit someone or you can go to a treatment facility in a specific state. Sometimes that's a really good option. Our missionaries will often go to missionary care facilities in certain states. We have some really good ones um, all across the world. And so it's just good to know that You do have local resources. They are restricted to your state because that helps uh, the government and other agencies be able to see if they're quality or not. Mm -hmm. So someone has checked those out for you ahead of time.
0: Yeah, that's the last thing you want is someone who's Mm -hmm. pretending to practice mental health care Mm -hmm. when you're in a mental health crisis. That would be disastrous. (laughs)
2: Sometimes regulation is very, very good. There's a reason for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are talking about mental health professionals today on Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. We have more to chat about right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: Do you have a passion for using technology to communicate the gospel? Interested in being part of the behind-the-scenes team that ensures God's word is communicated clearly every day on KFUO Radio? We're looking for audio production talent like you to join our team at the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod International Center in St. Louis. Visit lcms.org slash careers for more information. That's lcms.org slash careers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: It is Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman today about various types of mental health professionals. Um, before we went to break, we were talking about the education of those professionals. Mm-hmm. And um, we were also talking about um, the regulation, how the, the state regulates those. Other um, professionals in this area that, that pertain to our mental health that you'd like to
2: talk about today, Heidi? Yeah, I think that, um, sometimes some things get overlooked again because of that education piece that we were talking about earlier the idea that uh, the more education to have the better which is true but that doesn't always mean that that's the right person for that job um, and so one thing we have that's really helpful is what we call a caseworker and so in a lot of different places like if you apply for Medicaid for instance a lot of states will assign you a caseworker and they'll check in to make sure you're getting the resources that you need um, that because sometimes Sometimes in certain states, it's hard uh, to get people to accept Medicaid. And that has a lot of different reasons that we won't go into. Uh, but they want to make sure that you're able to access the things that you are uh, verified to access once you have Medicaid. And so they assign you a caseworker. Same thing if someone goes into hospice or into the foster care system or something like that a lot of times you have a caseworker assigned to you and they are the person who uh, has access to some records and are able to find the resources that might be beyond um, just a therapist sitting in front of you so do you have the right housing do you need to have an application for supplemental um, nutrition uh, program with your uh, state or municipality? Uh, Can we set you up with WIC? All kinds of different resources available out there, and caseworkers are generally really great experts in their field at finding those resources that people need. Um, It's really cool when you have been gifted, if you will, uh, through some kind of organization or a hospital or something, someone who gets it, you know, someone who is checking on you and making sure that you um, are getting a holistic version of healthcare instead of one one s- single employee. And so caseworkers are, I think, the unsung heroes of mental healthcare because they usually have a bachelor's degree, sometimes have a master's degree. Sometimes they're nurses. Um, that's not uncommon, especially with discharge planning. When you leave a hospital, a lot of times a nurse will be in charge of that. Um, and so, yes, thank goodness that these people exist um, and uh, kind of follow your case for a little bit. Uh, There's also alternative healthcare practitioners. And so um, acupuncturists, for instance, or um, chiropractors, they all have some uh, education, knowledge, or understanding, uh, maybe some special certifications that deal with some intersection of mental health, because especially alternative medicines are concerned about the whole person a lot of the time. And so they've often taken some kind of uh, class or, uh, certification in how to impact someone's uh, mental health and be with them in that. Um, Even fitness professionals, right? They are people who are concerned about mind, body, and spirit so often. And I think especially with the conversation being opened in mental health in the last couple of years, you know, COVID is a beast, but it does give us certain gifts. And I would say that that is one of them. We're talking about mental health more. So you're gonna start to see a lot more of the other professionals in our lives Life, at least having a little education in mental health and how that intersects with their profession as well.
1: So how do how do these relate to? Um, I'm going back to psychologists uh, where we started. How does this re- relate to psychologists? Where do all of these people kind of show up in our mm-hmm. um, in in the landscape of mental health professionals?
2: <laughs> no, that's really good. You know, psychologists. I think one of the most common places that they intersect with our lives. Um, Are at schools. Um, And so almost every school district has a school psychologist, and sometimes they have more than one if it's big and such. Um, And they will do a lot of the evaluation of what uh, children who have been identified as maybe needing some extra services, um, they will do those primary evaluations for that. Um, Even when I went into like the gifted education program when I was a kid, the school psychologist is the person who evaluates that. And so just because it's recommended that your child is evaluated by a school psychologist doesn't mean it has to go anywhere. Like that is just kind of phase one of like, maybe there's a way that we can help this child learn better, whatever that looks like. Um, And so I think that uh, it helps to understand that a lot of funding for mental health comes through schools. Um, That's one of the ways that our uh, federal government passes funds down to state government and state government hands it out, if you will, Um, schools is a really common place for that funding to go through. And so a lot of times you'll be um, seeing a school psychologist for um, someone under the age of 18 before you'll see someone else. Um, That doesn't mean that's always true. Sometimes, um, you know, Uh, a professional, like a teacher might say, hey, I just wondered if maybe uh, this child could use more support. Have you checked out some of the other resources available in our community? And so you might um, go and find a a mental health professional on your own, but know that those school psychologists are available to you. I mean, your taxes pay for them. Um, And so You have to be a little tenacious sometimes in large systems uh, and advocate for yourself and your family. Um, But but ask to be seen if you'd like to be seen and you have some questions. That's absolutely within your rights um, in your community. Uh, Other psychologists will pop up as psychotherapists, which we talked about, uh, similar to a social worker or a marriage and family therapist, Um, They also you can you can find someone who does do evaluations for like uh, learning disabilities or different needs like that um, and they uh, will do those uh, evaluations separate from the school and then you can turn them in it's just the way that schools work that usually you have to also see their people but <laughs> I have been the person who's gone around the map if you will in order to get done what I want to get done for my child um, and you you absolutely can do that and usually insurance will pay for it that's a good question to ask and check out your benefits um, before you go seek it uh, all these things can be quite expensive you know any kind of clinical um, care can be quite expensive and so know that a lot of times you can ask for either a sliding fee or a cash pay rate if you have a, a really high deductible or if you um, you know don't have insurance at all. And also know that uh, there's sometimes different grants like check in with your Department of Health and Human Services about any resources. you can call two one one. Which is uh, the number for information of basically all the different resources in your state. And so call 211 and just say, is there any kind of special funds or anything available to help pay for some mental health services? Because we have this going on, you know. Um, don't be afraid to ask. Ask and ask again.
0: As Lutherans, w- how do we see mental health professionals like this? Where does this all fit in our understanding of? um what god has provided for us.
2: Mm, that's such a good question. You know, God is a god of redemption. He sent Jesus Christ because redemption is his plan. And I think restoration is also the the continuation of that plan and the thing that we're looking toward. You know, Jesus is going to come back too. And so knowing that, God works redemption in our life each day in you know, I think hundreds of different ways we can't even see sometimes. Uh, Jesus Christ won, uh, the absence of sin and shame from our lives, um, sorry, the forgiveness, I should say, of <laughs> of sin in our lives and the absence of shame in that in our lives on the cross once and for all. But every day we see it in little ways. And I think that's a really powerful thing. And when we encounter mental health professionals and begin to, I think, gather the pieces of what brokenness brings into our lives, we get to see that more clearly. Um, And so when I wake up, because I have worked through some of my stuff in therapy or because I have gotten the medication I need, God uses those restorative things to open my eyes a little bit to what he is doing. He's truly, truly amazing. Um, And I think he's very active. And that's the part we miss sometimes um, when we haven't maybe had the best of care or haven't done uh, or accessed what we need to access for our mental health is that he feels kind of inactive. Um, But interacting with a lot of these professionals can be the ways that God brings his affection into our lives uh, and shows us very clearly that he is working.
1: So to wrap it up, where uh, with all this information, how what's the first step? How do we get started? Where okay. where to look?
2: Yeah, I would check out that list of professionals that we're going to link in the notes. And I think that'll be really helpful. And then Google. Google that list, uh, a name that sticks out as far as a professional that you're looking for in your area. Check your EAP, which is your employee assistance plan, if you have one, because oftentimes that's where free free, free visits are, at least six usually. Um, and then check with your insurance. Who are some local professionals in your area that's covered? Um just dive in to, uh, making a phone call and saying, Hey, I would like to be seen by someone just wondering if this is a good fit.
0: Very good very good. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman with Mental Health Monday, also author of Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. We're going to discuss that coming up in I think November, right? We're going to get to mm-hmm. November, mm-hmm. so uh, we've got some more topics here on uh, mental health professionals. Thank you so much, Heidi. Always a joy to talk with you. Thanks for uh, some great insights this morning.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: You're listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.